lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome in to our first off-season edition of Chargers Weekly. We're powered by Microsoft Surface, as always joined by Matt Money-Smith. So much to get into, asked for some of your questions last night, got a ton of them, so we will get to those shortly. But Muddy, I want to start with this, maybe the most surreal 24 hours in football history when you think about the legendary coaches who have all parted ways or retired here in the last 24 hours. Pete Carroll kicked it off yesterday, not returning to the Seahawks. Then Nick Saban seemed like out of left field for, for most people retired and then we get the news this morning that bill belichick uh has parted ways with the patriots uh i just watched robert Kraft and bill belichick uh, at the podium a, a very surreal 24 hours w- what are your thoughts well the saving thing i ended up getting word uh, at the charger game actually i was talking to somebody and they had kind of given me the heads up that that was uh not just you know potentially but likely to happen. So that one didn't quite catch me off guard. I felt like the Pete Carroll thing was coming. Um, Felt like there was momentum moving in that direction after they missed the playoffs, even though they got that win, you know, in in week 18. And I think we all knew that this split was coming. We had been hearing about it for a year, really since Germany, since the Germany game about Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft. But certainly, yeah, look, it's a, it's a sad day, I think. I, I, I don't think that's misconstruing how a lot of people would, would feel. There is something about attaching an, an individual to an organization and seeing them as the face of that organization that has had incredible success, arguably the most success in the history of their franchises or programs, and you know, thinking that it's not going to be there. You expect to see you know, Nick Saban and his feathered hair on the sideline and getting all angry at Alabama games. You expect to see Bill Belichick, who does not look like he's 71 years old, or Pete Carroll, who does not look like he's 71 years, 72 years old, on a sideline when you play the Seahawks or the Patriots. And and we go to New England. The Chargers will will visit New England to play in 2024, and it's going to be weird. If it's Gerard Mayo, if it's Mike Vrabel, whomever's going to be on that sideline, it's going to be strange. And... People don't like change. They're reticent to it. And certainly th- th- there is a huge shift in the National Football League this year without those two coaches, you know, one Super Bowl for Pete, two trips to the Super Bowl, six Super Bowls for, for Bill, and nine or ten trips to the Super Bowl. So it's it's going to be odd to, to play those teams and not see those coaches on the sideline. So Pete – Made it seem like he he's as energetic as ever, and he he still would be interested in coaching. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, if that's going to be in the NFL, or or if he's just going to stay in that advisory role with the Seahawks. Robert Kraft said, "You know, I'm going to root for Bill until I see him in a in a cutoff on the sidelines for yeah. another team." So it seems like Bill wants to coach, and uh, if you need a coach right now, if you need a veteran coach, uh, I think this is the right year to. Uh, to look at some of these candidates' money, um, you know, it's been Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh in everybody's mentions about, right? the last couple of weeks. But when Mike Vrabel gets fired and when Bill That's Belichick crazy. becomes available and you got Harbaugh and I'm not saying Pete Carroll is going anywhere, but like these are all veteran experienced coaches that really check the boxes that we've talked about over the last few weeks. 
you can't go. I, I'm going to move Rabel aside in, in that because Rabel's going to get a job in five minutes. He's, you know, there, there, there's no discussions that need to be had about whether or not you'd want Mike Vrabel as your head coach. Any one of these openings, with the exception of Tennessee, would crawl bare-chested across glass and hot coals to get Mike Vrabel to be their head coach, the Chargers included. Uh, I would imagine that they are absolutely interested in bringing him in and talking to him about being their next head coach. It seems as though, I don't want to say it was predestined, but you saw the report I'm sure earlier today or late last night about how Amy Strunk was upset with the way the Patriots Hall of Fame induction went during the season, the things he said about that organization, that it's not like this everywhere, treasure it, this is special. So that lends you to think that he's perhaps the favorite, but they've also, they extended Mayo, they gave him a bump. He's sort of been that coach in waiting, but so was Josh McDaniels. And it never came to Josh thinking the bill was going to retire some five, 10 years ago or move on. So if you ask me to handicap it, I think Vrabel. And so that's like I said, let's push that aside for now. Yes, I could see a team hiring Bill Belichick or hiring Pete Carroll, their age notwithstanding. Uh, I, I pulled up the the Patriots, you know, schedule from this year and we saw it firsthand. He held the Chargers to six points for Justin Herbert. It was six nothing. You know, could not get a you know, couldn't get his wide receiver to keep his feet in bounds at the end of that game that very well could have got him a seven to six win in the game that we witnessed firsthand. He lost to the Giants the week before 10-7. He lost to the Colts the week before that, 10 to 6 to the Commanders, 20 to 17. There were so many of those games that had he just had a slightly below average offense, not not even an average offense, slightly below average offense, we'd be talking about an eight or nine win New England team. And, and I bring that up because that just speaks to how good of a coach he is, how great of a defensive coach and defensive mind, and just what he does to opposing teams' offenses and twisting their brains into pretzels, trying to figure out what it is he's doing to make them function considerably less than what they're used to. Um, so I think he's going to get a, a job. Will the Chargers interview him? I don't know. I would. I, I, why why would you not want to sit with that guy for a couple hours and and have him present his vision for what he would do to to change your culture from a culture of losing into a culture of winning? So I, I understand that he had the second worst or yeah the second worst record in the league this year. And, and I get that since Tom Brady left, it has not been great. But I think you could point the finger at, they just don't have a quarterback. They, they could not find a quarterback to replace him. Now, the trick with Bill, with Coach Belichick, I want to refer to him as Bill, he deserves more than that. The, the, the trick to Coach Belichick is, what is he's been a, an absolutely awful personnel evaluator, for the most part. As of late, you know, especially sure. when it, yeah. yeah, especially when it comes to the draft. And I can't remember who did it. it. It was The Athletic, I know that, that posted it. But I think you referenced it. You may have referenced it in an earlier one, Chris. But the fact that they have not signed any of their first-round picks, first three-round picks to a second contract in the last, I think it was five years. 2013, 10 years. Is that what it is? I think so there you go. You said have it was stat. 2013 this morning. Since 2013. Think about that. 10 years you have not been able to extend a player because they have performed below expectations. So that that's where the conversation will come in with Belichick. I mean, I'll, I'll let you pick up on that. But what does he want? How much power does he want? Is he willing to let somebody else draft the players for him? 
and then he can work on it in season. They do all the work outside of the season, and they pick the players with his input, but they have final say. I think we'll go a long way to determining where he ends up and if he ends up as a head coach. Quick note on Vrabel before I get into Belichick. Uh, Michael Lombardi said this on his podcast a couple of times. Vrabel has the same agent as Bill Belichick. So Vrabel is obviously going to be in tune to whatever's going on in New England. And and like you said, it, it, it makes a lot of sense for him to go back there and, and kind of be the heir apparent. I think that probably would be the number one choice of the fans. You know, Vrabel is the top of the line for everybody, including the Chargers, in my opinion. I, I think no Vrabel, Belichick, and Harbaugh, if you have those three options on the table, I think the Chargers could win and be successful and have a Super, cal- Super Bowl caliber program with all of them. The thing about Belichick money that I think aligns with what the Chargers need is um, first, just in-game strategy, right? Preparing for opponents. Uh, it, it's uh, Just moves that you have to make within the course of a game to be successful attacking weaknesses um player development you know we saw isaiah spiller and jt woods as healthy scratches of week 18. um he has gotten so much out of his players in later rounds too and again for for as as poor as it's gone in the first three rounds in terms of re-signing guys he has found gems in late rounds who have ended up being extremely good players hall of fame caliber players uh so it, it, it kind of cuts both ways with Bill, but I think just in terms of culture and quarterback, and guess what? Nobody can win without a quarterback. And you, you could say it's it's gone poorly without Tom Brady, but he went eleven and five with Max Mac Jones in his uh, right his first year without Tom, and he went to the playoffs. He went eleven and five with Matt Castle in in a year that they were tied with the Dolphins, should have won the division. I think they, the Dolphins won it on a tiebreaker. So, right with Justin Herbert in tow. Knowing that you're going to have some salary cap challenges, Bill is the type of coach that can maximize talent and can maximize talent on both sides of the football. And I, I just think that that's somebody you at least have to talk to and entertain. Vrabel, we talked about, he's just going to be in demand and he's going to have his choice of multiple jobs. Um, the the thing about Schefter, Vrabel, Chris, I'll, I'll jump in there real quick, just is you almost wonder because he and Mayo were teammates how highly he thinks of Mayo, that if he believes this was set up for him to take over, knowing that he can have his choice of jobs. Now, look, he could be selfish. He may want to go back to New England. He may want to live there. He may want to, you know, that, and that may trump anything. But all things being equal, my guess is that could play into it, that that he believes that, that Mayo has earned an opportunity that he's in line to get this job, that that he deserves this job, and, and he wouldn't want to step in front of him, knowing that the Commanders, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Seahawks, would and maybe more after a team if a team disappoints in the playoffs, would be in line to hire him. He's getting a job. He's going to get paid handsomely. He is getting a job. So no. that may that may be in play. You know, it may not, but it may be in play that that he wants his good friend and his former teammate to get that job. Could be. Um, but if Robert Kraft wants Mike Vrabel, you know, he's going to say, I want Mike Vrabel. Right. Uh, right. I, I just I, I look at now the playoff teams and the teams who haven't let go of a coach and just so many dominoes have fallen since we last spoke money and talking all about Harbaugh and 
Now, you know, Harbaugh kind of gave mixed messages on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt talking about. He's gone. We love football. We're going to start March 14th in Arbor. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I Like, there's just, he can say it. J.J. McCarthy can say, I'll come back. If you come back, we know they have a special bond. Harbaugh is in line to, they offered him the $12 million a year for 10 years. He's going to jump that number by $8 million bucks. He's He's going to get 17 to $20 million bucks a year. He's going to get five years. And he's going, you know the competitor that he is. You that, that He is a football, he wants that title. He yeah. wants to be in the conversation with Pete Carroll, Barry Switzer, and Jimmy Johnson as the only ones to ever do it. You know, joked about finally being able to sit at the table with his dad, Jack, and his brother, John, who have each won championships, and now he's finally got one. You better believe in, in what little I know about Coach Arbaugh. He wants to be better than them. He wants to sit at that table and say, I'm better than you. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, not facetiously, not in a joking manner. He wants to look at his dad and look at his brother and say, I did what you did. I did what you did. Neither of you have done what I've done. I'm the best Harbaugh. That's what he wants. And he's going to chase it. And you, And I would imagine you're going to have to pay him. Money's going to have to be equal, but he's going to find the place that he thinks will give him the best opportunity to do that. So when you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback, I feel like that gives you a, a bit of an advantage. But it's also somebody that took a one-win Stanford team to 12-1 and one a couple years later. A I don't know what the – were the 49ers six wins? I think there were three wins. I think they were a 3-13 and 13 team when he showed up and immediately got them into the playoffs – and two, an, an NFC championship game and a Super Bowl the following year. Like, that's it's ridiculous what, what the guy's been able to accomplish in his coaching career. And whoever comes into the Chargers, you know, we have to just be real. Like, there's going to be some salary cap implications this upcoming season. There's going to be some good players that they're going to have to cut, and they're going to have to wait a year to get some of that money back and, and be a little bit more active in free agency. So it's going to be important to hit on draft picks. It's going to be important to develop the players that are currently in the program and, and make sure that they can be starter caliber uh, guys in this league. Um, so money, without further ado, let's just get into some of these questions because this is going to weave into sure. a lot of our conversation. Um, I will start I do, with, uh, you know what, before we do that, Chris, I want to correct and, and retract something from last week that was shared yeah. with me and I got it a little bit wrong. We talked about the hiring timeline and I was sort of right, sort of wrong when I said it has to be after the divisional round. You can hire a coach whenever you want. Chargers could hire someone today yeah. when we do this podcast, as long as they have completed two in-person interviews with minority candidates outside of the organization. Now, where that comes into play is you can't talk to minority candidates from other organizations currently employed that if they are currently employed by NFL teams until after the divisional round. So... If they aren't employed by NFL teams and you interview them for your head coaching position, then you can hire someone. You have to go through that process as part of the Rooney rule, which is why a lot of people point to post January 22nd as the first opportunity you're going to see somebody hired. But that's not a steadfast rule. That is not written. It is, it's, it's implied that that's probably what the timeline will be in slowing these hires down and getting more candidates, particularly minority ones, to be able to sit in front of teams and present their vision for being a head coach. But because Harbaugh is not employed by an NFL team, he could be hired tomorrow as long as you fulfill all of your Rooney rule obligations. 
That's good. It's a good clarification. And it also kind of lends to the fact that, that people want to hear from Raheem Morris and Ben Johnson and right. other candidates right. that are in the playoffs right now before making their final decision, because these guys have been hot names for, for a while now. Um, exactly. Uh, has there ever been a better time to need a head coach in the NFL with a quarterback like Herbert? This is from Vincent Sack, who kicks us off. Uh, you know, last year it was Sean Payton, and I don't know if there was anybody else outside Sean Payton that made a lot of sense for the Chargers this year. Obviously, a lot more options that we just discussed. Sure, and and Harbaugh is the Harbaugh is the bait that 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 gets you to get them to take a bite on that hook, right, and and get reeled in. So. I don't know if he's – I think that's what the the tweet is intimating. You've got all of these teams that are competing for all these big-name head coaches, and only one of them has Justin Herbert as a starting quarterback. And so with all the competition that's likely going to be out there from all of these openings, none of them has the prize quite like the Chargers do in an elite quarterback, a quarterback that could end up being the best quarterback in the league, win at multiple MVPs, Super Bowls, and that's the first thing on a list of what do you need to compete in the NFL? I need, can I, do I have an above average quarterback? Well, no, you, you've got an elite all pro caliber quarterback to start with. And that, and he's locked up for the next seven years. That changes everything. Uh, from Steven Gillard, uh, in your opinion, can the Chargers have a quick turnaround and be in the playoffs next year? If yes, what are some of the most important things that need to happen this offseason to achieve that? I think for me, money, before I pass it to you, just an experienced head coach, somebody who can develop players and can make the most of what they have, and uh, a general manager that can really hit on draft picks. Uh, I, I think that that's kind of your recipe to to making a postseason next year with Justin Herbert. So for me, it would depend on two things. How are they going to approach the salary cap? How are they going to approach these four players? How are you know, so and it was six and ten. I wanted to make sure I had that right. So let's just say it is Harbaugh. Uh, let's say it's Harbaugh that shows up. He took a six and ten team to 13 and three and into the conference championship game that was lost when Kyle Williams fumbled a ball in overtime at their own 24 yard line, leading to the, the Giants kicking the game winning field goal. So the answer there would be yes. It's someone that took a six and ten team to 13 and three and the conference championship turned it around immediately. I mentioned what he did at Stanford. It's the most remarkable turnaround in the history of college football to be able to do that in a conference with USC and Oregon. And Cal was a dominant force at that time. And Harbaugh put them all to uh, put them to shame in the way that Stanford played during his time there. Look at Michigan talking about a team that won a co-national championship 30 years ago. And he's had him in the playoffs three years and won a championship after nine years, not recruiting in the South, not part of the SEC. We know that this this playoff and this championship has been dominated by the SEC, by Alabama, by LSU, by Georgia, and he was able to to crack that code. So, the, the so I think there's two answers. One, yes, it can be done with with these coaches. We've seen what Bill Belichick's been able to win with. We saw what Tennessee did in their final week, knowing they could boot the Jaguars out of the playoffs and cause great pain and firings and reimagining of what their roster has to look like moving forward when they had nothing to play for. You know, with Ryan Tannehill at, at quarterback and Derrick Henry jumping into the fountain of youth for his, his head coach, and both of them, you know, seemingly giving emotional farewells to the team after that game. Like, yes, those, those individuals can turn things around quick. But 
this may be a rip the band off, band-aid off type of off season and take your lumps. You may have to get rid of all four of those individuals in order to reset because you feel like you've got to remake this roster. And if that's the case, you're going to be talking about a lot of young players and maybe a year to reset. And then you feel like, okay, we needed to do this. Now we can really get after it for the next five years. All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. Money, I want to ask you this question for me, Chris, here in, uh, in Southern California. <laughs> uh, prisoner of the moment, for better or for worse. I, three years ago, Jim Harbaugh was on thin ice in Michigan, right? Sure. If we mentioned this in 2020, like, I don't, I don't know if I want Harbaugh. 2023 it's a different story um you you have these hot names because of what has happened the previous season and on the other side of it bill belichick oh i think the games passed him by he, he you know he won he won four games without looking at the entire body of work how much do you think front offices including the chargers have to take that into account that hey all right hot this year Let's look at the entire body of work or hot this year, but does he have the characteristics to be a head coach if he's a coordinator? I, I just think that sometimes right. it's it's media driven too. Is it like, okay, this is the next big thing, right? Matt Rule was the next big thing until he wasn't in Carolina. Right. Frank Wright was the guy who was going to come in and, and save the franchise until he wasn't halfway through the year. So like the, the, the narratives flip so quickly in the NFL. And I'm not referring to any one particular candidate it's just like, you know, don't fall in love too fast with somebody just because the last three months have been hot. Right. So I know for a fact, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know for a fact. I'm speculating on secondhand sources or who got their information firsthand. John, that, that perhaps his brother called in a favor because Jim was on thin ice to get him interviewed by the Vikings, to get him some interviews, to try to create the idea that, oh no, he is a desired commodity in the head coaching ranks, Michigan. You do not want to fire him. So look, Coach Harbaugh is a quirky guy. He, he just is. But I think what the last three years have shown everybody and have changed from a number of teams saying, I didn't want to bring him in to interview him. I have no interest. We're not touching that guy. I think it's important now that we've been able to distance ourselves from what happened in San Francisco. I think a lot of people recognize that Trent Baalke might be a tough guy to get along with, that it's understandable that those two personalities clashed and it was just not going to work. And for whatever reason, Jed York picked Trent over Jim. And very similar to Amy Strunk, unthinkably, picking Carthon over Vrabel. These things happen. So I think the distance from that has now made the NFL circles recognize we're not putting that on Harbaugh. That's, that's a personality conflict from two strong-willed guys, one that very few people can get along with. So there's that. And I also think what he's been able to do at Michigan, you know, after losing to Ohio State year after year, cracking that coat. There's something to be said about a coach that – is able to 
okay, what did we do wrong? Why did it go wrong? How do I fix it? What do I need to do to fix this problem? And I think that's something that plagued the Staley era. Why can I not get this defense right? What do I need to do? Do I need to relinquish play calling duties? Do I need to think about a different scheme? Do we need to play a different way? No. I'm going to play my scheme. I'm going to call the plays, and you're going to bring in J.C. Jackson, Eric Kendricks, Austin John, and that's how we're going to fix it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference, right? Jim Harbaugh brought in different coordinators. He swapped out court. You know, he swapped the guy from Baltimore, sending McDonald out, bringing another guy in from John, and like, fit, we need to play Baltimore-style defense here. And they were like, we need to play this style of defense in Baltimore. Like, it's just he's that good. He's that good at it, at at coaching at playing, at play calling. And I think that's what everybody recognized over these last three years. Michigan Michigan football should not have been able to trade punches with the SEC. Just you you heard we've heard it for a year. Chris, you went to Northwestern. You know what the Big Ten was. They're they're physical, they're plotters, they're slow, they'll grind it out. But when they get into a game with the SEC, they're gonna get their doors blown off because they don't have the athletes at wide receiver in the secondary, and it catches up with them. And that's why these playoffs always ended the way they ended, with Alabama or Georgia or LSU, because you just couldn't compete. Well, he figured it out. He figured out how to crack the code. I'm going to out-physical you up front. I'm going to make life such a pain in the ass for you on the lines that we're going to drag you into the deep and we're going to pull you under in the fourth quarter. And he made it work. And I think some of those plays that you saw, some of those run plays where these guys are ripping off on unbalanced lines, 50, 60-yard runs. It's like, there it is. I remember that. I remember seeing that in San Francisco. I remember seeing that in Stanford. He's done it again. And so that, I think, has brought a lot of it. Just speaking specifically to what you said about Jim Harbaugh, I think that's why three years ago we were having a much different conversation than we are today because he did it again. And yeah. it's just it's a reminder of what this guy has been able to do every stop that he's made. It's good context. All right, uh, just win Herbert, our guy, uh, the he said, "Will I find true love?" I don't know. We can't answer that. If not, the question should come first: uh, GM, then coach, or coach, then GM. Or is it fair to fantasize about a Mike Vrabel coaching hire in lieu of Harbaugh unavailability? Take your pick, money, Vrabel or Harbaugh. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, and honestly, yes. yes. It's I'm, I'm, that that to me that's either or. I I'm good with either. I'm good with a lot of these coaching candidates. You know, with the Pete Carroll. And the way that he he approached his press conference by saying, I'm freaking jacked, and that he still wants to, you, t you can tell he's not happy. He did not want to be kicked upstairs. But to me, that appears, and, and look, it's Vrabel to the Patriots. To me, that's Dan Quinn's going to get a head coaching job. We want him to come back to Seattle. We want Dan Quinn back here. That's what it feels like, and right? And that, that's what it feels like. It's like, you're not, all of you are not getting Dan Quinn. We are. And I think with the Belichick departure, it feels like Robert Kraft is saying, none of you are getting Vrabel. We are that this is our next coach for the next 20 years, like we had with Belichick for the next 17, like we had with Pete Carroll. To me, that's what this is, right? So, you know, I think, I feel like any of those candidates do what we want to see, that they have what we want to see be accomplished. A resume, a culture of winning, the ability to hold players accountable and not have them roll their eyes at you when, because each of them have exactly what a head coach needs to have in order to get through to multi-million dollar earning 
individuals who do something that 0.00000001% of the population can do. Mike Vrabel did it and won Super Bowls. Jim Harbaugh did it for 14 years as a quarterback and one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league that would take a beating in order to get wins. And then he also won at every level. Bill Belichick, of course, six Super Bowls speak for themselves. So I think any of those individuals can walk into a room. And like I said, and I think Keenan even said it, right? When, when he was asked, he, he said, accountability, winning. Like they need someone that they look at and can say, that's a winner. It's right there on his resume. That's a winner. So for me, Vrabel, and, and just to answer the, the question about head coach, GM, GM, head coach, I think it depends who the person is. But if it's any of those three, I would guess that it's simultaneous. Yeah. That it's Jim Harbaugh and, you know, the name that, that tends to make sense is Joe Hortiz because he's been with his brother for 20 years. And John would not be able to work with this guy for 20 years if – he wouldn't say, yeah, Jim, you're fine. This guy's awesome. You're going to get along great. So, so when you start lining things like that up, you know, in terms of who would you pair with Vrabel, who is he – I think that's what you'll see. It's someone that comes in simultaneously. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like when when Shanahan and John Lynch came into San Francisco together, right? Like just the, the – hey, we're going to work together. Right. This is going to be like this. It's that John Schneider, Pete Carroll. Exactly. You know, that's Ziegler and Bel- – you know, would Ziegler come with Belichick since he's been let go by – the you know by the uh Raiders so like something like that where you would have this pairing that would arrive they're too big those personalities those head coaches are too big to be hired by a first-time general manager you know so that's why they would have to come in together they'd have to be comfortable with that working relationship and and I think it's important for the coach to recognize it's too much it is too much to take on the the construction of a team through the draft through college scouting and also be a head coach in the NFL so let's find someone that can take all that off your plate in the offseason and can run the network of scouts and and run the network of pro personnel and college and all of that and and that way when you get into the season you guys can now work together and you can tell you can run the show and now you're bringing players in every single week for workouts and trying to sign them. And no, let's get rid of this guy and let's put him on the practice squad. And those are your your calls. And that's what you need. You need to find that harmony with a general manager and a head coach. And I think that's how it would have to work for any of those three. Think of these like the, just the big three that we, we've talked about, Harbaugh, Vrabel, and Belichick. Vrabel and Harbaugh are like, all right, coach of the future, maybe for a long, long time here. And you know, you want to pair a franchise quarterback with somebody who you expect to be there for a while. With Belichick, I, I feel like it's like a three-year plan. Like, he wants to get that Shula record. He wants to probably go somewhere where he knows he can get it and win a Super Bowl within a three-year window. And, you know, you hear – I you know, I read Bill Parcells' uh, biography, you know, years ago, and I remember just the, the chase that Arthur Blank had to get Parcells, and it didn't work out. And you just – you kind of read the tea leaves. Maybe, maybe that's what Arthur Blank is thinking about. Like, maybe we're going to try to bring Bill a quarterback. They have a pretty good roster – and you can maximize the right. talent, right? That lines up. To me, that's the one that makes the most sense. They need a quarterback. They have the eighth pick. Could they trade up and get Jaden Daniels if New England isn't going to take him at number three? Or could they trade for a current quarterback Justin that Field? maybe someone wants to – what's that? Maybe Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. I don't know. I don't know if Bill would have the patience with Justin Fields, a guy that took 140 sacks in three years and hasn't figured it out in three years. 
You know, to me, that would frustrate the hell out of Bill Belichick. Guy taking sacks to take you out of field goal range, to take you out of goal-to-go situations on first down. Like, that. there's just too many. His, his resume is littered with those. And I I cannot imagine him wanting that. To me, that's just, I don't think Justin Fields, I could be wrong, but I cannot imagine him being a Bill Belichick kind of guy. So with the, I just pick, remember that Monday night game where Justin Fields ran all over Foxborough last year and yeah. Bill had no answer for him. And it, I yeah. know that he may not be he that run. quarterback, but, but Cam Newton, he came in there. Right. No, it's, that's a great point. No, that's an absolutely great point. I just, man, I, perhaps I'm just not a Justin Fields guy. I, I think I am, I am so, I can't, just to stray for a second, I don't know how they could possibly think that keeping Justin Fields at the cost of forty million bucks per year, because that's that's going to be the bottom that 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 will be the bottom of what he wants to earn, considering the Daniel Jones contract. How keeping him for forty million bucks a year makes more sense than Caleb Williams for thirty six million dollars right? over five? Yeah, you can't convince me of that. I'm sorry, and I appreciate the condescending tone and talking down to people on Twitter of you watched every single snap from the 2023 season. And you are utterly convinced that Justin Fields is the bears quarterback of the future, but you can stick it because you clearly didn't watch the sacks. And that's, and that's the one thing that people overlook. Well, they fired the entire offensive staff. So I don't know what that, I don't know what that means money. Like if like, I, I almost feel like if you have the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams is sitting there and you can reset your quarterback and you already have your pick in the top 10 that you can either trade yeah. back or use for a, a, wide a receiver. Really good player. Like, you know, why not just start all over? Because it now feels like Eberflus is going to be there. And it may or may not be Justin Fields, and it's going to be a new coaching staff. And if it's a, a rookie quarterback and it doesn't quite work out his first year, then I don't know. Then, then you just, you're not really in lockstep. Everything's just kind of jumbled, you know? So that's what I, I don't understand what the Bears are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, to me, you, you clean house because you're going to be able to attract someone to come and coach Caleb Williams. I can promise you that. You are, especially with the ninth pick overall, you're going to get a great tackle or a great receiver to pair with DJ Moore and Cole Komet. And now you can get a big three. Your running backs have been great. The offensive line has slowly gotten better. It's still not – anyway, we don't need to get too deep into to what they're going to do. But I, I would be floored if they did not take Caleb Williams number one overall. I would be absolutely floored. I don't the, 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 just to put it in context as someone that, that lived his first 17 years there, um, but has lived, lived the last 30, whatever, three here. There has been such a dearth of quarterback play in that city that because Justin Fields was sort of good at yeah. running the football yeah. and had a couple good games, they feel like they've been watching, you know, Tom Brady, like, they, like, oh my gosh, these last three years, we, we've had Randall Cunningham here. This has been incredible. And it's like, no, not really. Yeah. The, the, guy's, the guy does not score points. He Look at the number of 300-yard passing games he's had. Look at the number of touchdowns he's thrown. Look at the number of sacks that he's taken. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't it, man. That's, it's just it's it because of the context and the lens through which you're watching it. Yeah. You think it is. And you're terrified to let that go because of – all of the failures of the past, Rick Meyer and, and, and Mitch Trubisky and Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton and Caleb Haney and all of those and, and Moses Moreno 
and yeah. Sha- Shane Matthews and Eric Kramer. Jay, like, Jay Cutler kid, was like Joe Montana. In, uh, in Jay Chicago. Cutler was was the best quarterback they've had. So, now, look, Jim McMahon got a raw deal, right? He got his freaking shoulder exploded the year after they won the Super Bowl, and he was never the same quarterback. But, like, Jay Cutler was their best quarterback since the 1940s. That's wild. Literally, since Sid Luckman in the 1940s. So uh, that's way too much of a departure. My apologies. That was like a five-minute tangent. So sorry. I don't know how we got on that. but so we, we were talking about where Belichick could go and if Fields gets traded oh, there. Right. All right, Bears Justin Fields. But yes, pick and there's just, Belichick to Atlanta, I could see. I, you know, but there's, there's so many things that could affect the Chargers, you know, indirectly with this draft and, and what the what the Bears could do. And, you know, we can get in the draft maybe another time. I, I want to buzz through some of these questions because um, we yes. got a lot of them. Uh, 93 Chargers son, since Herbert's last interview, a two-parter, uh, would ownership consider Herbert's thoughts on the head coach? And if so, respect on his viewpoint, could that sway from a coach they originally had as their number one? I don't know if if Justin would have the sway to pick the coach at this point. I think that I think we all realize that it has to be an experienced coach with uh, with uh, an authority authoritative mindset. I don't I don't know. I, I just I don't know if you have the quarterback right. to pick the coach. The one the one thing I would that I would you never want to ask who they want because then if you don't select that person they're all butthurt. So yeah. you don't want to do that. The one thing I would do is if you hired a defensive coach, if you hired Dan Quinn or you hired Jim Schwartz or you hired Mike Vrabel or you hired Bill Belichick, I would ask Justin, do you want to keep Kellen Moore? And if you do, let's sit you down with with Coach Vrabel, with Coach Belichick, with Coach Schwartz, with Coach Quinn, and let's have that conversation before they bring in their guy. I'd like you, because imagine if they had been able to do that. Hey, Justin, let's sit you down with Coach Staley. I want you, do you want to keep Shane? Because if you do, he doesn't want to. But I want to give you the opportunity to sell him on why he should keep Shane. And I think that's hard to do after a rookie season and a 22-year-old. But now that we know what Herbert is and and what he can be, that's what I would want. Do you want to keep Kellen? If you do, let's have this meeting. Because Kellen wants to stay. Coach Vrabel's not sure about it. He wants to bring in Arthur Smith. He can bring him back. They had two incredibly successful years in in Tennessee going to the conference championship one year that he was there and being a top five offense another year that he was the OC. So that's what he wants to do. He wants to bring Arthur Smith in, but he also wants to hear you talk to him about Kellen Moore. That's what I would probably do. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Luis, if I got that wrong, I apologize. Can you convince the NFL to send the Chargers back to Europe for a game 2018 too long a wait? I think... I think our buddy Ty sent me a text that Munich may be in play because they play the Panthers. Yeah, Carolina is the only is the only option. The other games have are the, the four P, Vikings, Bears, Jags, Panthers. So we do play the Panthers in Carolina. Yeah. So that would be the one. I looked at their home schedule, thinking of which because the way it works for people that don't know is if you take an, a European game, if you take a game in Europe, the NFL pays out as a sellout your home game. So. Typically, what teams want to do is take an opponent that would sell the fewest tickets to Europe so they get paid for a sellout at home. That's what they want to do. So you have the, th- and it's very hard to play a divisional game over there. That almost never happens. So looking at their opponents, 
to me, they play the NFC East. They're not going to lose a Cowboys game, an Eagles game, you know, at home. To me, what it looked like was you have probably two prospects. Chargers, Bengals are, are the two that they would look at to drag over to Munich. And so I do think it's, it's possible now the league may want the Chargers to do the Brazil game because we're on the West Coast and it's just a straight shot south. And they may want to do the Brazil thing with the Chargers. So that's the one thing that hasn't been announced. Is the Mexico City's year, out because this upcoming year? It's, I believe it is. Yeah. I believe it is. Because I know Estadio, uh, uh, Estadio Azteca is under construction. So they're not doing Mexico City. And I feel, well, here, we can figure it out right now. So Brazil. The, uh, the Brazil NFL game, game, I would be down for the Brazil game. Uh, yes. 2024. First ever NFL regular season. So, yes. So that's. That may be the other option, but in terms of Europe, um, that the only option would be Munich. It's not one of the London games this year because we're not on their schedules. E-wing fighter pilot money. Uh, considering we don't have a coach or GM, is it near impossible to do a mock draft? Do you think whoever fills those positions would have mm. different priorities with the fifth pick? Personally, with so many needs, I'm hopeful we trade down and get a haul of picks. Love the work, boys. Appreciate you, E-wing fighter pilot. Uh, I think he's right. I mean, like whoever comes in as a GM has some tough decisions to make, as you alluded to, and that could affect who they draft. And um, there's obviously a lot of needs on this roster from tackle to receiver to corner to defensive tackle. So um, I I think you do. You have to wait and see who the coach and GM are going to be and see which decisions are made in free agency to really dictate what you do at five, because you do have a lot of options there. Well, and also it's philosophy. You know, we knew that Tom Telesco's philosophy was stick and pick. He almost never moved up and down the draft board. It happened once. Good point. Uh, you know, in the entire time that, that we were here, and that was to trade back into the first round to get Kenneth Murray. Outside of that, he never moved. So think about Bill Belichick. What did he do? He's traded down his entire life. They constantly traded down and acquired more and more picks. He has routinely done that. So now you're talking about philosophy. Do we stick and pick? Do we trade down? Do we find value in acquiring more bites at the apple at a lower number and in a future draft? So that's that that will depend on the general manager and what their philosophy is. Also, let's just talk about head coaches. It's Ben Johnson. He may say, I want the toy. Give me Malik Neighbors. I want to take the top off this thing and get crazy. And if it's Jim Harbaugh, he can say, we're going to do intellectual brutality. I want Joe Alt. Give me the tackle. Now I got he and Rashawn Slater. Let's get after. So ap- he's absolutely right. The, the, and understand mock drafts are what they are. It's, it's just an exercise. It's fun and people love them. And there's a reason why every single day you could Google NFL mock draft and there will be new mock drafts there because they know you're going to click on it and they know you're going to get excited or upset over which player they mocked to your team. So I know Nate Tice, I was listening to him and Dane the other day and, and he had mocked Joe Alt and he said the Charger fans eviscerated him. Because they all want Brock Bowers. He's like, they are on a one track. They are on one track and they want Brock Bowers. And and I've tried to explain, look, Joe Walt and Rashawn Slater, you're going to have the two best tackles in the league. This is, you set your team for success for 10 years moving forward with these two and they just don't want to hear it. So, you know, and, and then you look at a lot of the other mock drafts and I think the, I can't remember his name um, at, at uh, is it Josh? Who's at, at ESPN, their new person that, Jordan that replaced Reed. Todd McShay. Uh, Jordan, yeah. He's got uh, he's got Malik Neighbors. Yeah. So, and I'm sure people are a lot more excited about that than a tackle. So, I to me, there's it's one of three options. It's the tackle, it's the wide receiver, or it's trade back. And if you ask me what, I, 
it's, it's hard for me to say which I would prefer. Part of me would love that explosive element to this offense that it has just lacked. There, there has been zero explosiveness in this offense for years now, and I would love to see a playmaker like Malik Neighbors or like Roma Dunze or like Marvin Harrison Jr. Because it, th- now you're starting to hear it, and it could all be, you know, BS. But you're starting to hear, oh no, there are teams that like Neighbors as the number one. There are teams that like Adunze as the number one. There are teams that like Harrison as the number one, and that's very possible. You know, the the Cardinals may decide. We love Marvin Harrison, but we love Malik Neighbors just a little bit more, you know, and that's so that's where the stick and pick comes into play. You have no and what if, you know, what if New England has a ton of cap room and they sign Kirk Cousins and they're like, you know what? We believe we can win with a vet quarterback. We got the defense. Let's at number three take Marvin Harrison. And now we got our dom, you know, we know we got a run game. Our O line is solid. Let's go sign a veteran quarterback with all this this cap space we got and make a run here these couple two, three years and get back to where we believe we belong. So, and then all of a sudden Jada Daniel's sitting there at five and you're like, here we go. Come on up. Who wants Come to on do up, business? Atlanta? Come get it. Come get it. We'll take the eight and we'll take your next year's one, this year's two, and and we are good. That's the that's the beauty of having number five, is really you have the number two overall pick. Cause because I th- I think it's gonna be Caleb some combination of Daniels and Drake may going in the top five. Then you think Marvin Harrison neighbors Dunes in the top 10, but just like the pedigree of wide receivers that have come from LSU. When we're talking about Justin Jefferson yeah. and uh, Odell Beckham and yeah. Jamar chase. And then Ohio state. It's like, you know, Landry, yeah. those guys Jarvis bring. Landry. And that's yeah, it's ridiculous. Ohio state Garrett Wilson and Smith and Jigba most recently. I mean, like, you know, that these guys, just train all pro wide receivers right. and to get one of those guys in the fold. It's a shame because you, you drafted one in the first round last year and you, and you hope that Quinton can make a, make a leap. But, but you know what, Chris, that's okay. Maybe, maybe Quinton's just not your one. You got him at 21. Maybe Quinton's going to be a really good two. And, and I would sign Josh Palmer. DJ was talking about this. I would get him signed now because he, you know, if, if Mike and Keenan may be moving on, if they are, I, he's got to be able to stay healthy. I know he's kind of dealt with some injury stuff, but if he's healthy for 16, for 17 games, that dude's going to put up big numbers. He yeah. is a really good receiver, and I would love to get him signed to a lower number long-term. You're not getting the the A.J. Brown 20 million bucks a year. Let's see if we can get you that 7 to 10 mil per, get you locked up. And, and if you tell me you're moving forward with – Pick, take your pick, you know, whichever one you want, neighbors, Harrison, uh, you know, or Adunze as your one, Palmer is your two, Quinton is your three. Now that's a very intriguing, you know, Quinton is your quick hitter, yak guy, and Josh as your Keenan Allen, route runner, third down, and now you've got your guy that can take the top off. It's a pretty exciting trio of receivers. No doubt. All right, we get, still got a ton of questions. Let's try to go like okay. a minute on each of these so we can try to get to you as many as possible. Thunder down under, our guys. Great job all year, Chris and Money. Love that Money fought the good fight trying to make uh, DJ the GM because he would be awesome. Instead, maybe you can use your collective powers of persuasion to arrange for the three Aussie guys to read out a Chargers pick at the draft this year. I would be down for that. And, you know, if I have to just say it here, guys, I, I want you to to make a selection uh, for the Chargers in the 2024 draft. I don't know who's going to hear it. Um, 
but I, I hope that you can clip it off and give it to somebody. You know what? I will, I will reach out. I have, uh, I have a very close friend that's involved in NFL in the NFL international uh, program. So let me find out who makes those decisions. Cause I would assume they would love to get something as far away as Australia. First of all, uh, to, first of all, the guys, these guys are awesome and they know their charges football like anybody they are. and they're watching yeah. it off hours. I was, you know, gracious. They were gracious to have me as a guest uh, this past year. And uh, they, they love you and DJ. And, you know, I, I think it's just so cool that you have chargers fans all around the world. And for someone from Australia that want to come to the States and be a part of the draft, let's make it happen. No, I think just send the camera there, you know, have them set yeah. up a camera and, and, and make it right there, wherever they are. If they're in Melbourne, if they're in, you know, Sydney, wherever they're set do up, let's bar. do it. Do a little, exactly. do a bar. Let's go. Timing right. may be a little bit off. And just for the first part of their question, I hope they do. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to interview DJ to be your, your GM. Why, why would you not want to sit with him for a couple hours and talk to him about what you think went wrong, what you think you should do better? He's, we know his acumen. You get to see it. The guy, the guy has a you – can, you can give him a report card every year. He publishes his top 50. He, he talks about which players he likes when they are drafted and, and how the fit. Like, that's all your research. He is, he is an open book. Yeah. You can, he cannot hide from, oh, this is the way I felt about this player or this is the way I felt about that player. It's all there. You can see all of his top 50s for the last 10 years and see how on it he was. I, I think they will. I really do. I, I, think, I absolutely think they will end up interviewing him to be the GM. Now, whether or not he would want to take the job, maybe that's why they don't interview him. Perhaps he's already conveyed to them that he's really happy with his current life, yeah. you know, as a media draft expert and, and being the best in the business and, and getting paid a, a, a princely sum from, from the NFL network to do it. That may be the case. And maybe he's already shared that with them, but if he hasn't, I think it'd be, I mean, why would you not want to lean on that resource? He's, he's incredibly smart and incredibly good at it. Incredible and not hard to find. Uh, all right, Bolts yep. Draft Talk. Given that the organization blocked an interview request for Ryan Ficken, how does that affect how they discuss the current staff retention with head coaching candidates? I think that's a great point. I, I, I think when you have an yep. asset like Ficken, you at least have to make sure that he's not going anywhere and that the coach that's coming in is aware that Ryan Ficken can stay on the staff. And who would not want Ryan Ficken on your staff for what right. he's done with this special team team in the last couple of years? And, and also it signals to me, just to add to that, really, Chris, you said it all, but that you want to get this done quick because yeah. you don't want to, to, to get him screwed out of a job. You want to make sure we're going to get our head coach done quickly. And Ryan, don't worry about it. We're going to let you, you're, you're going to be part of some of these coaching searches and new staffs. You're not going to get shut out, but we expect to get this done quick. And then we'll know whether or not this coach wants to keep you. We hope they do. Couple more. Uh, what role do you guys think Thule is going to have in the defense next year? And how do you think he will develop? You want to go, money? I starting mean, defensive I, I think end. he's going to yeah, be fantastic. He's, he's, yeah, he's starting. I, I don't. I would like to believe they will be, but I don't believe that both Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are going to be back. It's possible that neither are back. Um, I'd love it if they were both back, and Thule is that third guy, and you can rotate them like they were, and have this dominant set of edge rushers that you can never take a break and whichever one you double the other one's going to wreak havoc but I just don't think that's reality so to me he'll end up being one of the two starting edge rushers next year and I expect him to be great because he's already been great we haven't really gotten into the you know the Chargers have requested to interview several candidates as general manager and, and head yeah. coach already and 
you know, I, I know we've been focused on the big names, but what like Ben Johnson, uh, was Raheem Morris one of the names? Raheem Morris is one of them. Um, there, here we go. So their requests are Steve Wilkes, who was a head coach in yep, Arizona Wilkes. for a year and a, an interim and did a great job in Carolina. He's now the DC in San Francisco. Ben Johnson, we know about OC and, and then Aaron Glenn, the DC, both of them in Detroit, Todd Monken, who's done great work with Lamar. Jackson this year as the OC was at Georgia when they won the national championship. Dan Quinn, we know about. Patrick Graham, the DC in uh, in Las Vegas, was the DC in New York for a while. He's done a great job there developing talent. Raheem Morris, you talked about. Kellen Moore, Giff Smith, Brian Callahan, OC, and Leslie Frazier, the former uh, DC, former head coach in Minnesota, former DC in Buffalo. Let me just say this. I think Raheem Morris is going to be an excellent head coach wherever he goes. And I know it, it seems a little too similar to what the Chargers did it does. a couple of years ago, get, taking the defensive coordinator from the Rams. But I just think Raheem Morris is going to be an outstanding head coach yeah. uh, when he gets his chance. I do too. And somebody who's had, got head coaching experience and was able to learn from, you know, maybe what went wrong when he, you know, got that job at such a young age yeah. and, and has been able to kind of figure that all out and reconcile since. Dude, he was he was so young, and he was on that he was on that that staff with Mike Shanahan. You know that picture that yeah. we see every year. Like he he was he was part of that picture. He's and part once of he it. Gets a head coach. His name's gonna his headshot's gonna be up there too. Exactly. Um, do you think there's any coincidence that the Chargers are interviewing coaches from teams they play in 2024 to get some insight? This is from Jacob McKinney. I I like that question. I think that I it do. doesn't hurt. <laughs> I think the answer's no, but I think it's a very, you did your research. It's a good well thought. done, tip of the cap. Yes, but but no, I do not think it is a fact-gathering uh, session for, for what they might see the following year. There's 17 games of film <laughs> that they'll be able to dissect to, to figure that out. Uh, hey, breaking news. Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. is entering the draft. How about that? Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just looking number to four, maybe number up. five. Who knows? Maybe number three. Again, he's he's an incredible talent, and he is going to go in the top five. Money, anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? Obviously, next week we'll probably have a lot more information, and uh, there'll probably be some other surprises around the league that could affect this team. Um, let's see. Uh, I just think, you know, I, we saw so much Harbaugh. I think it's important to to remember there's – we say it all the time. Yes, I would love for it to be Harbaugh. If it's not, it's my, it, there are other candidates that, that could do a very good job with this team. So if the head coach is already hired by this time next week and it's not Harbaugh, then I would say, you know, chances are they just felt better about a fit and the way the interview went and all that. It seems to be lining up to be Jim Harbaugh. But if that's not the case, if he decides he wants to live somewhere else, if he wants to have if the Raiders say you can take McCarthy with the 13th pick, come here, and, and we know those two have a very special bond, that may be part of his calculus as to what he wants moving forward, um, that maybe they give him control of everything, and, and I don't think that would necessarily be wise, and that's something the Chargers aren't willing to do, that they would want to have him paired with somebody else that could do all the work in the offseason. So there are many things that could come up that could prevent him from being the head coach of the Chargers, and I think it's important to to remember if he's not that there are some really other you know there's some really good other candidates that could end up taking the taking the reins and and guiding this team to a Super Bowl. I think I alluded to it at the top, but Adam Schefter did say keep an eye on Wildcard Weekend because there are some teams that are currently in the playoffs. Now that they know 
the Bill Belichick's available and Mike Rabel's yeah. available. And, you know, who knows to an extent with Jim Harbaugh that they could replace their coach who's in the postseason right now. And he said that maybe there's a team that is out of the playoffs that is mulling that at this moment. So well, the, the one is Mike McCarthy, right? That's the big one. Yeah. If Green Bay I, beats Dallas. That's that's the one I think that everybody's it seems like, at. you know, do you do you see some smoke in Philly? Yeah, I do. Nick, we know Nick. I yeah. love him, but he's a he's a different dude. He's he's a different dude. He's fiery. He's mouthy, and it works great when you're winning. When you're not, it can get it can get a little rough. So I think that's it'd be crazy for them to move on from him. They were ten and one. They were ten and one. Yes, no. you go through lulls, and now if they lose to Tampa, okay. Maybe that that conversation is that Howie is one that will move on, and he is he moved on from Andy Reid. He he, you know that they they you know they Jeff Lurie recognized his mistake with Chip Kelly and was like Howie, I'm sorry, Chip's gone, you're coming back. So like it's an organization that's very forward thinking like that, that they are comfortable getting rid of somebody who clearly they probably shouldn't have an Andy Reid but felt like the timing was right and they've won a Super Bowl since. So it worked out. They did not win a Super Bowl with Andy. They won one without him with Doug Peterson. So I could see it just because of the the way that they've operated in the past. So that those would be to me those are the only two. You know, Cleveland is Stefanski's going to be the coach of the year. You know, Miami, Kansas City, Houston, Buffalo, the Green so Bay, they're I'm all five. The Sean McVay, of- Detroit. They're I'm all it's it's Dallas and it's Philly would be the only two. Let me just stay in the state of Pennsylvania, though, because Pittsburgh, the, the, I think Glazer had some potential, like, hey, Tomlin may be thinking about taking a year off or, you know. So he, he's been yeah. under so much heat, and he won 10 games with three different yeah. starting quarterbacks. I, I, I don't know if he's sick of the heat or, you know. It's just such could- a good fit for him. You know, I guess the one thing you think about where he's from – that, that Washington, if he decided, but they'd have to trade for him. They'd probably have to, you know, they're not giving up the number two overall pick, but maybe they send their second rounder, you know, this, the, the third pick of the the second round or the, 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 yeah, the third pick of the second round to him. Yeah. You know, for Tomlin, that's a possibility and certainly would be in step with them trying to completely overhaul the feeling around that organization. But Again, you're not going to hire someone that's better than Mike Tomlin. The Titans are not going to hire someone that's better than Mike Vrabel. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, Seattle and, and New England are different because of the age and how long those coaches had been there. And sometimes, like Phil Jackson said or Bill Parcells said, it's Bill Walsh was the one who said it. You know, 10 years max you cannot be there longer than that. And I think it was even less than that. It might have been six. So... You know, that's, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. Uh, man, it's been a week. It's been a week since the yeah. Chargers lost their final game of the year. We didn't even talk about the game, but it, it, it don't need to, no need to, uh, they have the fifth no overall pick. We're moving on to the off season. Looking and, forward. Yeah. There's a lot to dig out of here in January. And once it does settles, Chargers will have a new coach and GM. Uh, that's going to do it for exactly. us. Appreciate all your questions. Uh, for money. I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly.